0: If you have a copy of the Scriptures, would you open this morning to the book of Numbers? If not, again, it's in that app. You're welcome to use it there. It'll be on the screen for you to follow here. But we're in Numbers chapter 9 this morning as we continue this series that we've been in looking at uh, the life of Moses and talking about what it means to strengthen the soul, to strengthen our souls. If you remember, it's a revisit or a remix. We started the series pre separation and then we came back to it believing that there were some things that we needed to rethink and then dive into that we had not yet gotten to in that original series and, and right now now we've moved into the new stuff so this was not part of what we were doing uh, before but we've moved into some of the new information over the last couple of weeks um, so numbers chapter 9 starting in verse 15 at the end once again we'll speak uh, that this is the word of the lord your response thanks be to god And then we invite you into a few moments of silence to let the Scripture just kind of sit over us before I share some words on it. Passage says, On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days, so the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted... They broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command. And they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I think Numbers 9 is a really amazing picture of what it looked like for God to lead God's people and what it looked like for the Israelites to faithfully follow wherever God was co- calling, whatever God was doing. In this retelling of the story, we're shown the Israelites who had little doubt that God was guiding them, little doubt that God was moving from place to place and showing them exactly where to go. And in the retelling, there was little doubt that they were going to follow. The story says that they followed every time immediately. Without question, the the cloud moved. They got up and went. Now, let me be honest. My own periods of discernment are rarely quite that clear or that easy. My guess is that many of us wish that discerning God's movements was as easy as watching a cloud move from place to place at exactly the right time and showing us exactly where to go and exactly when to do it. But it usually isn't that easy in our life of faith. I don't think it was actually quite that easy for them. I think it's important that we remember as we look at the passage that the passage is a story that's a later recording of what they'd already walked through, a later recording of what they'd experienced and what happened. And for many of us in our journey, we often have the ability to look back and go, well, God was moving here and then God moved there and God moved here. And as God was moving, I moved and followed God. But sometimes we don't actually realize that until we look back on it. Sometimes we don't realize that until we take some hindsight and look back and recognize what was going on. I think that influences the way that this story is written because we know the Israelites didn't always follow as faithfully as Numbers 9 said they did. We're actually told that they didn't in some situations and that because they didn't, it was their disobedience that stretched the trip from Egypt to the Promised Land and made it last decades longer than it was supposed to. Out of disobedience, not this kind of obedience. So this, this retelling, while I think is a little idealistic, I think it's also an important model for us. I think that it's not there just because they're telling it with some kind of past idealism or hindsight that makes everything look clear and clean, but because this is the desire and the longing for the way in which the people of God would follow after God, that we would see and recognize God's movement. I think that God's desire for us as a people is that we would grow more and more capable of recognizing where God is at work and joining in that work discernment is our practice of doing this. It's our work of seeking to find and to follow the will of God. And I think that it's one of the gifts that comes out of this conversation we've been having about strengthening the soul. That discernment is something that we learn to practice, that we learn to get better at, that we grow in our ability to do so. Through intentional times of silence and solitude, we as a people learn what being in the presence of God looks like. We learn what being in the presence of God feels like, and over time we have this growing desire to stay in that place, to stay in that place of being right in the center of the presence of God because in that place we recognize the fullness of who we were created to be. The fullness of who you and I were called to be when we are in the presence of God most deeply, most intimately, most intentionally. And then as the presence of God moves to a new place, as it shifts in a new direction, because we desire to be in that presence, in the center of what God is doing, we long to move with the presence of God as the presence of God moves from place to place. We gain this ability to notice God at work and to go when God works, to join God in the work that God is doing. If it's not here and it's there, we want to be there. If it's not there but now it's here, we want to move to there, always desiring to chase after what God is doing because we realize that in the presence of God is the space in which we want to stay always. Ruth Haley Barton, who we have looked at several times in this series In her book, Sacred Rhythm, she writes this. She writes, ultimately, discernment is about falling in love and letting that decide everything. It's about falling so deeply in love with God that nothing else matters. It's about trusting God so much that all we want in this life is to abandon ourselves to the goodness of his will year and a half ago or so, it was January of 2019, I think, we actually did a sermon where we talked about discernment, and we talked about some basic kind of ideas and understandings, and we're not going to rehash those today. If those are things that interest you, uh, we'd love for you to hear it. I think it'd be a great sermon for you to go back and listen to as you're thinking through discernment. Um, it may have been January 19th, if I'm recalling that correctly, but it's on our website, and you're welcome um, to go look at that to learn more about discernment. But we want to talk. we want to lean deeper into it and look at this story significantly remembering and recognizing and seeing that the story of Moses and the Israelites was full of missteps and mistakes. It was full of time after time that they didn't do everything right, that they weren't completely faithful, that they didn't follow with this kind of quick, reckless abandon that said, God went, let's go after him. Um, But instead, sometimes they were a little more hesitant. Sometimes they were a little more whiny. Sometimes they were a little more gripey. But at the core of the story of the Israelites, what we find is this truth. That these were a people who deeply loved God. And even more importantly, we find that these are a people who were deeply loved by God. My hope, our hope is that as you and I dive deeper into the presence of God, the entire reason we've been talking about this, if we dive deeper into the presence of God, it is my hope, it is my prayer that we will find, and I believe we do, if we're willing to do that, that we find our own deepening love of God in new and unimaginable ways. And that more importantly than that, we discover God's overwhelming love for us, God's desire to work goodness, to stir in magnificent and miraculous ways among us. And it's out of this place of love that we become a people who desire to follow more faithfully and more fully each day. This passionate love of God brings us to a place of of deep desire. And more and more we desire for these things to be true. And then we move to this place of seeking. What is it God is doing? Where is it God is working? How do I find myself in the middle of that? Who is it God has called and created me to be? I want to be exactly that person because of this deep love for Jesus. And then as the moving, or as the calling, sorry, moves and changes and shifts in new ways, We move with it. This is our practice of discerning God's movements. This is what Moses was doing alongside and on behalf of the Israelites. He was joined with them, but he was also doing it on their behalf and pointing out God is going. Here's what God is doing. Here's what's happening. I think this is what God wants to be true of you and of me that more and more we're becoming this kind of people, this kind of people who discern, who see, who recognize God at work, the movement of God, and follow faithfully after that. A people who faithfully follow the cloud of God as it moves from place to place. And if we do so, if we work to become this kind of people, I think that this kind of faithful love brings us to a place where we have to wrestle with um, a traditional spiritual concept that may not be familiar for many of us, at least the term or the usage of it. It's the idea of indifference. Now, it sounds like not caring, not caring what happens or how things go, just kind of floating along and allowing everything to happen. That, that's not what spiritual indifference is. Spiritual indifference, in fact, is something much, much deeper than that. It's a transformed way of caring about things. So rather than not caring at all, it's a transformed way of caring where we begin to care about things that maybe we never cared about before. It's a transformed way of releasing things, many of those things, things that were the most important to us in the past, a transformed way that gives us the ability to release idols and desires and dreams and hopes of what may come and may happen. Barton defines indifference this way. She says, indifference is the indifference in the discernment process sorry means that i am indifferent to matters of ego prestige organizational politics personal advantage personal comfort or favor or even my own pet project she goes on to say it is a deep commitment to god's will nothing more nothing less nothing else For me, discernment has been a spiritual practice that I have been praying about and thinking about and considering and working on so much over the last couple of years. In my efforts to lead Valley, to lead our family together with Cali, to lead myself on the faith journey that I'm on, I have strived and am still striving for this ability to recognize where God is at work and where God is moving, to look for this cloud of God as it moves to grow in this practice of being more and more attentive to recognizing God at work, to joining God in that way of work, that way of working in that place of working. And truth is, I have a long way to go. I have a long journey of figuring out how to discern and how to see what is happening, but I am growing to understand that it starts with the building blocks that we have been talking about over the last several weeks I can't discern what God is doing or where God is moving or where God is calling me or us or anybody that I lead without intentional time in the presence of Jesus. I can't discern God's dreams for our church and for my family and for our future without intentional times of silence and solitude. This is the place, this is the space where the Holy Spirit can do the, the work that the Spirit desires to do of working transformation in my soul so that I become someone who is deeply in love with Jesus, someone who is indifferent, God's will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Now, the hard part of discernment, it's hard enough to try and figure out where God is moving and see where God is moving, but the really hard part is choosing to follow sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we see God move, but the the decision to go can be the difficult part. Barton, as she writes about this, says, But discernment is not the end game. The end game is to actually do the will of God as we have come to understand it. We want to do the will of God. We want to be people who do the will of God. In Numbers 9, as we read the story, we saw that as the cloud would move and they would see it move, then they had to choose to go follow. The people of God, the Israelites, had to choose to stay when the cloud stayed. They had to choose to go when the cloud went. They couldn't move without the cloud. They couldn't go where the cloud wasn't going. Faithfulness, obedience meant watching and then choosing to do what the cloud was doing. In verse 29, it says, Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. This is the kind of people that God has created and called us to be. This is the kind of person of faith that I want to be. This is the kind of faith that I pray that you will have. This is the kind of faithfulness that I long to be true of Valley. As Valley continues to look towards the future and figure out what is happening and what God is doing and where God is moving... And I hope that this is exactly the kind of faithfulness that you pray over me and over Callie and over our family. That we be a people, each of us and all of us, a people who watch for the cloud to move. And when the cloud moves, we follow. Even when it's hard. Friends, in light of this desire and this longing of all that's happening in our life and in our soul, I have to let you know this morning that just recently, uh, Callie and I were offered an opportunity to serve in ministry that is so. Clearly fitting with who God has called us and created us to be that we have to walk into what the Holy Spirit is doing in this after a lot of time of prayer and discernment of inviting some important people in to help us pray and discern and look for what God is doing we have discerned that the cloud of God is moving and that in faithfulness we have to move with it When Cal and I met, many of you know parts of this story. When Cal and I met more years ago than I can remember now, one of the things that stood in the way of us thinking about any kind of romantic relationship with one another was this separation of our, our desires and our longings and our understandings of who God had called us to be. Since the very beginning of when I've known Callie, Callie has always known and believed that God has created and called her to live and serve overseas. And I didn't feel that way at all. I believed, I knew, I understood that God had called and created me to pastor a local church. And at one point, we weren't sure how those two things could align or if those two things could align. So in many ways, we maintained a friendship for nearly a decade, not pursuing any kind of relationship because those two things didn't fit. Well, a multitude of reasons, but one of them was because those two things didn't fit together. So why pursue that? eventually, ultimately, we found a way that we could align those callings. We could align those callings pastoring and serving in a, in a local church in the U.S., an opportunity that we would have to then encourage and equip people to join in the work that God is doing among our neighbors and the nations. And for nearly seven years, we have had the opportunity, the honor of doing that alongside you of leading you, of being a part of us becoming more and more missional as a family, as a body, as a church. Cal and I had the opportunity two years ago to go together and to lead a team to be a part of our work that our partners are doing in Zambia with Impact One Initiative. And we assumed this is exactly the way that we would continue to serve God for the foreseeable future. The only exception to that is we kind of wondered if at some point in time once the kids were a little bigger and maybe they weren't in the house and that we might retire in a way that let us go live overseas for a time and do something with kind of our last years of ministry in a global context. We never dreamed. We never even imagined. We never considered that an opportunity like the one that we have been invited to step into existed. We haven't yet finalized all the details with Valley, with the leadership here, and we'll be doing that in the next days and weeks figure out what the transition will look like but very soon our family will be moving from Baltimore Maryland to live in Lusaka Zambia where we have been invited to pastor Lusaka Community Church it's a small international church that actually meets close to where impact one our missional partners do their work in the city of Lusaka it'll give us a chance to live overseas to pastor, to work alongside a multitude of nationalities. All these things you know are a passion for us. We'll get to pastor... Expat, expatriates is the word that they would typically use to define people who have come into Zambia from outside but we'll get to pastor these people some of whom are missionaries others are teachers some are engineers they're business owners and bible translators nonprofit directors doctors nurses there's a multitude of fields represented of people who have all come into Zambia with a longing to influence and impact and be a positive sign of the gospel in that community also, we'll get to lead them as they strive to make a greater impact on their Zambian neighbors who are in the area. And we'll get a chance to walk with them as they walk into that. We're also going to get the opportunity to live in the same community that my sister Whitney lives in, and her husband Mabuto, and our nephew Zeke. Emery back there is excited about that part. Rest assured, two days ago they were not as weeping and gnashing of teeth broke out around our dinner table when we shared this with our children. We are ecstatic that we will have the chance to let our kids live in a place that we've only thus far been able to tell them about or show them on a TV screen. We can't wait for the chance to be a family in ministry in a context like that that allows us to live at a pace of life that we want to live at, that we long to live together as a family in ministry in this kind of African context. In a multitude of ways that we'll be able to share with you in the days ahead before transitions happen and even after they happen, we want you to hear these stories, but we have recognized that we are uniquely designed to fill a role like this. And when we see that. When you see that. Please step into it. We have to do the same. And yet the hard part. Is saying goodbye. Saying goodbye to a people who have loved us so well. To people who have walked with us. Who have seen both of our babies born. One of them spend multiple visits in the uh, pediatric er but as you have journeyed with us and loved us and done ministry with us it is hard to walk away and to say goodbye to you and yet we want you to know this we can do so because our family of faith valley has equipped and encouraged us to be the kind of people the kind of leaders who seek to discern and then follow the will of God. You have helped us become more that kind of people in the last seven years. You've made us the kind of people who long to do so, and now that God is called, we must move where God is moving. And as we go, it is our deepest prayer that the same would be true for you. That as a church and as individuals, that as, as people and as families, as households and as one family of faith, that valley would be the kind of people, the kind of place where you reside deeply in the presence of Jesus deeply in the presence of Jesus. And as the cloud of God moves, that you would move with it, that you would notice God at work and that you would go wherever that is, whatever that looks like, in whatever way God calls, whatever risk it takes, whatever bold and audacious and unbelievable moves are necessary, that as a church, you would look and you would say, well, God has gone here. We can't stay here. We have to go with him. You have been called as a church to do great things. That doesn't change as pastors transition in and transition out. I've said to you over and over again in seven years, whether or not you ever heard this, pastors are always temporary. Whether we're here for two years or five years or 20 years or 30 years, pastors are always temporary. Someone will be here before we got here and someone will be here after we leave. Valley continues to follow faithfully in the footsteps of Jesus. And it's our hope that as kingdom partners, Valley and Lusaka Community Church, that we get to work together. Maybe literally, maybe in these ways in which we pray over one another, maybe through partnerships, maybe through trips, maybe through whatever God has in store, but together as kingdom-minded people and kingdom-minded churches, that we get to work together to see the kingdom of God on heaven, in heaven and on earth as it is in heaven, is what the prayer we prayed today says. On earth as it is in heaven, that we get to see the kingdom of God come to fruition among our neighbors in the nations, among our neighbors in Lutherville and our neighbors in Lusaka, that the kingdom of God would come to live and reign and overwhelm what is happening. May it be true of us. May it be true of you. And may God be glorified in each piece of it. Pray with me, would you? Lord Jesus, hear our prayers. Hear us as we come before you and we ask you to lead us. Give us wisdom and courage, give us discernment, give us faith to follow. God, I pray over us as I pray over my children when I pray for them and put them to bed. God, make us strong and brave and full of courage. Make us humble and wise and kind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.